Hello. Welcome to the Legends of King Arthur and his Knights. Chapter 21. Go home and wash some pans. Beaumains, named and mocked by Sir Kay, had been in King Arthur's kitchen for a year. During that year, he had been fed and clothed and looked after. He had also been mercilessly teased by the Seneschal about his large fair hands. At the end of the year, at the Feast of Pentecost, he stepped into the hall where King Arthur and the knights were about to have their annual feast. He wasn't the only new arrival. Before the feast got into full swing, a young woman entered the hall. She stood before the king and spoke. Sir, I am sent by a lady of noble blood. She is besieged in her castle by a terrible, powerful knight called the Knight of the Red Lawns and is unable to leave. I know you have the greatest knights in the world at your court and I would like you to grant me one of them to come on a quest to save the lady. I have many knights here who will take on your quest, replied the king. The only thing I need from you in return is the name of the lady. I cannot tell you at this time. Then, said King Arthur, none of my knights can aid you. And then Beaumain stepped forward. Sir, I have been in your kitchens for twelve months, and I thank you and your court for all you have done. I am now ready to ask for my other two gifts. First, I ask that you allow me to take on the quest of the lady. Second, I would like to be knighted, and I ask that you allow Sir Lancelot of the Lake to knight me. King Arthur nodded. Young man, I grant you these gifts. Wait a minute, cried the young woman indignantly. I came here to the court of the great King Arthur to find a knight to take on my quest. I can't believe that all you're giving me is a kitchen boy. I have never been so insulted in all my life. I will not travel with a pot washer, and I certainly won't let him fight for me. With that, she turned and rode away. There was much commotion in the hall. Beaumains, clothed in fine knightly clothing and accompanied by his dwarf, but without a shield or a spear, rode off to catch up with the lady. Kay, still mocking his kitchen page, armed himself, mounted his horse, and went to catch up with Beaumains and the lady. Lancelot, having told Kay to stop being so silly and stay at home, armed himself, mounted his horse, and went to catch up with Beaumains, the lady, and Kay. Beaumains caught up with the lady, just as Kay caught up with him. The seneschal shouted over to him, asking if he knew who he was now he was fully armed. Beaumains replied, Yep, I know who you are. You are an ungentle knight, and you should beware of me. Kay rested his spear and charged at Beaumains, even though the young man had no spear or shield. Beaumains drew his sword, expertly dodged Kay's thrust, and then struck the seneschal so hard in the side that he fell from his horse, wounded almost to death. Beaumains jumped off his horse and took Kay's spear and shield. At that moment, Lancelot arrived. He couldn't help raising a smile as he saw what had happened. Beaumains asked the great man to joust with him there and then. Lancelot did just that, expecting to win easily. He was in for a shock. Beaumains fought skilfully and with huge power. After a couple of hours, Lancelot suggested they call it a tie. This was very, very unusual indeed. Lancelot did not often fail to win when jousting. Beaumains asked Lancelot to knight him, as Arthur had agreed. Yes, I'll knight you. Lancelot glanced over at a moaning, wounded Kay as he spoke to Beaumains. You certainly deserve to be a knight, far more than some others. You are a brave and talented fighter, and you are clearly of noble blood. First, though, you must tell me your name. I cannot knight you, Sir Beaumains. Beaumains most certainly was of noble blood. He was, in fact, the son of a king. He told Lancelot his real name. 
but I am not going to tell you just yet. We will continue to call the newly knighted young man Beaumains. Lancelot carried Kay back to the court, where he slowly recovered from his wounds. Beaumains hurried on into a forest and caught up with the lady in a clearing. She was not impressed. Go home and wash some pans, kitchen boy. I saw what happened there. You knocked that knight from his horse in a cowardly way. He should have killed you. You were just lucky. I know who you are. You are called Beaumains and you work in the kitchen. You even stink of the kitchen. You are nothing but a ladle washer and I will not travel with you. Beaumains took the insults without complaint. Lady, I've been given this quest by King Arthur, and I will finish it or die trying. Yes, you will die trying, scoffed the lady. As soon as you meet with a proper knight, he will knock you from your horse without even breaking sweat. As she was speaking, a man ran into the clearing. He sprinted over to Beaumains and told him that his lord had been attacked by six thieves. He had been robbed and was in the process of being tied up with ropes. Beaumain turned his horse and followed the man until they saw the thieves in the final stages of binding a struggling knight. Beaumains drew his sword and set about them. He killed the first thief with his first strike. Ten seconds later, two more were dead. The other three decided that living was more important than stealing, dropped what they had taken and ran away. The knight, very grateful, offered Beaumains and the lady lodgings in his castle. The lady was still not impressed. Go away, stinky kitchen boy. Anyone can kill petty thieves. You are not worthy of this quest. Go home and wash some pans. When they sat down to dinner, the lady refused to sit with the stinky kitchen boy. She forced the knight, rather unwillingly, to sit Beaumains at a different table, lower than the one they sat at, to show his status. Beaumains may have been seething inside, but if he was, he didn't show it. He had a merry old time with the knight he had saved, and went to bed happy. In the morning, the unwilling fellow questers rose and left the castle. The lady still wouldn't even talk to Beaumains. The young knight killed two more knights who were guarding a passage across a river. Still the lady wasn't impressed and called him a stinky kitchen boy again. They soon came to a lawn, a plain sprinkled with trees. There they saw a black hawthorn bush, on which hung a black banner. Next to it was a black shield and a huge black spear. Standing by the spear was a great black horse dressed in black silk. Sitting on the horse was a knight dressed entirely in crimson. No, black, really. The lady turned to Beaumains and spoke mockingly. You've just about got time to run away before he sees you. Get on your horse and gallop away as fast as you can. There's no way you can take on this knight's stinky kitchen boy. Beaumains stayed exactly where he was. The black knight looked up and spoke to the lady. Fair lady... I see you have brought a brave knight to challenge me. Oh, no, 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 she replied. This is a kitchen boy from the kitchens of King Arthur's court. I can't get rid of him. He follows me around pretending that I have granted him this quest. He has killed a couple of knights completely by luck, but he's no more use than a sword made of apples. I'm sure you will kill him, and then I can be rid of him. The black knight smiled, armed himself, and mounted his horse. He shouted over to Beaumains to yield, as it was bringing shame on the lady to ride with a kitchen page. Beaumains, fully armed, waited for him. As he did, he spoke quietly but firmly to his opponent. I am a king's son. I am far higher born than you. The black knight scoffed, laughed and rode at Beaumains, fully expecting to kill him with his first blow. An hour and a half later, he was lying in a pool of his own blood, as dead as it is possible to be. Beaumain stripped him of his black armour and put it on. 
He also took the black shield and mounted the black knight's black horse. He rode over to the lady. He was expecting her to have a change of heart after his very knightly slaying of the black knight, but he was in for a very big disappointment. "'Go away, you stink of grease and cabbages,' she said. "'It's a terrible shame that purely by luck you have killed a worthy knight. "'I'm sure the next knight you meet will kill you easily. "'Run away while you have the chance. "'Go home and wash some pans, kitchen boy.' "'Bowmains had had enough. "'At last he replied to her mocking, "'but he did it politely and respectfully. "'I may be beaten or killed, fair lady, "'but I will not ride away. "'Every time we meet a foe, you say I will be killed.' but somehow I am unscathed and they all lie dead. It will be better for you to stop rebuking me until you see me beaten. I will not turn away from this quest. Now ride on and I will continue to follow you. They rode on until they encountered a knight entirely clad in green. He looked at the lady and then at the knight in the black armour who was following her. He spoke to the young woman. I see you have my brother, the black knight, Sir Peckard, with you. No, Sir Knight, sadly not. This is a kitchen boy from the court of King Arthur, who purely by luck killed your brother. Beaumains protested that he had actually killed the Black Knight in a fair fight, and that he was an extremely skilled knight. The Green Knight would hear none of it, and prepared to do battle with the kitchen boy. They rode at each other. First on horseback and then on foot, they smashed their swords into each other's shields and armour. Both received sore wounds, but they carried on fighting. The lady shouted to the Green Knight that she couldn't believe he was being matched by a kitchen boy. Full of shame, the Green Knight doubled his efforts and managed to land such a blow that it cut the black shield in half. Seeing that he was without shield, Beaumains clouted the Green Knight on his head with all of his strength. The Green Knight flopped to the ground. Beaumains ripped off his helmet and put his sword to the Green Knight's throat. The Green Knight yielded and grovelled for his life. Beaumains looked at him and spoke very softly. "'You will die, Sir Knight, unless this lady here asks me to spare you.' The Green Knight pleaded with the lady. She replied she was not going to beg a kitchen boy to do anything. Beaumains looked down at the knight and told him to prepare for death. The Green Knight, extremely perturbed that his life would end if these two couldn't work out their issues, beseeched the lady to save him. He offered Beaumains thirty knights to be placed at his service if he spared his life. Beaumains looked over at the lady and waited for her to reply. The green knight did the same. Oh, don't kill him, bawdy knave, she sighed. If you do, you'll regret it. Beaumains, seeing this as a victory, removed his sword point from the green knight's neck and allowed him to stand. Madam, he said in his best respectful tone, it is an honour to grant your request. By your commandment, this knight is saved. The Green Knight took them back to his castle and gave them a hearty dinner. Again the lady refused to sit with Beaumains and he was made to eat at a side table. The Green Knight tried to tell her that this man was obviously a noble knight and she should treat him better, but she would hear none of it. In the morning she left and Beaumains followed. It seems the Green Knight's word has fallen on deaf ears. She turned to the young man and spoke spitefully. Go home and wash some pans, kitchen boy. Throw away your spear and ride away from me. I had hoped a truly brave and famous knight would take up my quest. Sir Lancelot of the Lake would have been perfect, or maybe Sir Lamorak of Wales. That brave knight of Cornwall, Sir Tristram of Lyons, would have been ideal. Beaumains was used to her words by now and took no notice. Soon they came to a white tower. 
out of the tower rode a knight entirely dressed in red. He, of course, was the brother to the black knight and the green knight. The same thing happened. The lady told the red knight that Beaumains was a kitchen boy who had been lucky enough to kill a few knights and force the green knight to yield. The red knight offered to take Beaumains on and fought with supreme confidence. This time it took two hours, but Beaumains' sword ended up in the same place, point against the knight's neck. Again the knight tried to yield, but Beaumains would only accept a request from the lady. Again she grudgingly asked him to save the knight's life, and again he agreed politely. Again they ate with the knight in the evening, and again Beaumains was made to sit at a lower table. The Red Knight agreed to send sixty knights to serve King Arthur in return for his life. Just like his brother the Green Knight, he tried to tell the lady that Beaumains was clearly a noble and skilled knight, but she wouldn't listen. When they rode away in the morning, she was still insulting him. OK, lucky kitchen page, you've been fortunate so far, but you are about to meet a knight who is the best man in the world except King Arthur. He is called Sir Persant of Indy, the Blue Knight, and he commands a hundred knights. You are a smelly kitchen boy and you have no chance against him, so go home and wash some pans. Beaumains had definitely had enough now. He stopped and addressed the lady politely but firmly. You are discourteous to rebuke me and insult me. I have done good service for you. I have beaten the knights who have been in my way on this quest, and I have beaten them well and with honour. Every time you tell me I will be beaten, but every time it is they who lie in the dust. Still, after these knightly deeds, you treat me shamefully. But I have taken on this quest, and I will not leave your side until it is complete. I will take on the blue knight, and I will battle him with the same courage and honour which I have shown so far. The lady slumped. Sir, she said quietly, you must be of noble blood to put up with my treatment so honourably. I want you to succeed on this quest, but I am scared that you won't, which is why I wanted Sir Lancelot or Sir Tristram. The blue knight is mighty, but he is nothing in comparison with the knight who is besieging my lady in the castle. But I now see that if anyone can succeed, then you can. I have treated you shamelessly. Forgive me for what I have said. Beaumains smiled. I forgive you completely, he said. Now let's go crush some mighty knights. The kitchen boy, turned brave knight, met with Sir Persant. This time it took three hours, but eventually Beaumains was too strong. This time the lady asked him very nicely to spare the knight's life. This time, when they went to eat with the defeated knight, Beaumains sat at the table with the lady. This time a hundred knights were dispatched to do service for King Arthur. In the morning, the lady told Sir Persant the object of the quest. They were going to Castle Dangerous to lift the siege being laid by the Knight of the Red Lawns. Sir Persant raised his eyebrows. He is the strongest and best knight that I know. He's done great wrong to the lady of the castle, the Lady Leoness. If I'm not very much mistaken, you are her sister, the Lady Lynette. The Lady Lynette nodded, and Sir Persant turned to Beaumains. I think only four knights could succeed in this quest. Sir Lancelot of the Lake could probably do it, as could Sir Lamorak of Wales. The great knight of Cornwall, Sir Tristram of Lyons, would possibly succeed, as might Sir Gawain of Orkney. Maybe Sir Bors or Sir Hector de Maris could do it. Maybe Sir Percival or Sir Palamedes. If you succeed, then you can rank yourself with the very best. Good luck, my friend, and before you go, please tell me your name, for I know you must be highly born. As we know, 
Beaumains most certainly was of noble blood, in fact, the son of a king. He told Lynette and Sir Persant his real name, but I'm not going to tell you just yet. We will continue to call the young knight Beaumains. Beaumains' dwarf was dispatched with a message to the knight of the Red Lawns. He told the knight that help was coming for the lady he was besieging. He was told the lady's sister had arrived with a knight from the court of King Arthur. The knight laughed. I hope for her sake she's brought Sir Lancelot or Sir Tristram, or perhaps Sir Gawain or Sir Lamorak. Even if she has, she will lose. I can take on any of them. The knight of the Red Lawns was not joking. As Beaumains and Lynette approached the castle, they saw a terrifying sight. Hanging from the trees near the castle were the bodies of forty knights. Near them hung their shields. Beaumains saw the shields of many good and famous knights hanging on the tree of death. These were knights who had previously attempted the quest. All of them were dead. Not one had succeeded. Beaumains looked up at the castle. In the window, he spotted a beautiful young woman waving while choking black tears. It was the Lady Leoness, sister of Lynette, who was imprisoned in the besieged castle. She was the reason he was there, and it put steel into the heart of the young knight. He readied himself for battle. As he did so, he saw the Knight of the Red Lawns approaching. There was no more talk of him being a kitchen boy. The Knight of the Red Lawns said very little, beyond telling Beaumains to go away as the lady in the castle was his. Beaumains refused, and both prepared for battle. They both charged, urging every last ounce of strength and speed from their horses. They struck each other with such force that neither of them could stay on their mounts. Both fell heavily to the ground and then drew their swords. They fought like two fierce lions, neither willing to give an inch to the other. Past noon they fought, and then longer. Those watching from the castle winced at the force of the blows that each struck. On and on they fought until both dropped to the ground. Up they got, and fought until evening. Both knights were so exhausted that they agreed to have a rest. Beaumains took off his helmet so he could breathe more easily while he was resting. He chanced to glance up at the castle, and saw Dame Leoness again. The sight of her put new strength into him, and he shouted over to the Knight of the Red Lawns that they should begin again. Both rearmed and charged. This time, one of them began to get the upper hand. The Knight of the Red Lawns struck Beaumain so hard on his helmet that he fell to the ground. The Knight dived on top of him and held him down while he ripped away his sword. Beaumains looked beaten. Lynette cried out, "'Oh, Beaumains, where is your courage?' My sister has seen you fight and had hope in her heart. Now she sobs and weeps with despair. Beaumains heard her, and now was filled with a new strength. He threw the knight of the red lawns off him and grabbed his sword. The battle resumed even more fiercely than before, but this time Beaumains was on top. He smashed his sword onto his opponent's head and knocked him to the ground. The knight was dazed, and Beaumains seized his opportunity. He ripped off his helm and placed his sword at the prone knight's neck. The knight of the red lawns, defeater of forty questing knights, yielded to him. He was ordered to go to Camelot and yield to King Arthur, Sir Gawain and Sir Lancelot. Beaumains and Lynette were about to enter the castle and greet the Lady Leoness. The lady, though, refused to let her saviour in. She shouted down from the tower that she was very grateful to him and was falling in love with him and all that, but she wanted more. He was to ride away and come back twelve months later, having proved himself to be a worthy knight. Beaumains was aghast, but the lady was not for turning. 
Beaumains rode away from the castle sadly and found some lodgings. There he stayed for the night. In the morning he got up and rode off in search of adventure. He was determined to prove himself worthy of Dame Leonesse. The Knight of the Red Lawns did as he was told. He rode to Camelot and kneeled before the King and his court. King Arthur, Sir Gawain of Orkney and Sir Lancelot of the Lake, he announced, I am the Knight of the Red Lawns. I have defeated forty knights who quested to lift the siege I had laid at Castle Dangerous. I thought I would never be beaten, but I have met my match. I have been defeated by Sir Beaumains of this court, and now I yield to the three of you as he ordered me to do. The Knight of the Red Lawns told the court of the battle and the story of how he had been beaten. King Arthur accepted and offered the knight food and rest. When he had gone, Arthur turned to Lancelot. You know who this young man is, don't you? You know he is of noble blood, and you know his name. I suppose I do, replied Lancelot, or I would not have agreed to knight him. But he asked me not to tell anyone. I agreed, and I must honour my word. So Lancelot didn't tell King Arthur who Beaumains was. And I'm not going to tell you, just yet. Next week, we will learn who Beaumains really is. Until then, have a great week, and I'll speak to you next time.